episode 53 of the US Sports Podcast with me, Max Whittle. And baseball season is back. Ian Happ hits the first pitch of the 2018 season for a home run against the Miami Marlins. Well, what can you say about the Marlins? Not a whole lot this season, but it is back. And I've got a very special guest to celebrate the return of baseball because it's always a long winter for baseball fans. Gregory Smith, who is a Chicago Cub diehard, He's known as the Cubs Madman, and I got in touch with Greg last year when I was working for Major League Baseball UK. Greg did some video recaps for us. He is famous on Facebook. You need to go and check his work out. Gregory Smith, the Cubs Madman, he promises me on this podcast that he will upload all of his videos to YouTube at one point, so you'll be able to view them on there as well. But I will share some of his videos on my Facebook post and on Twitter as well, at Max underscore Whittle and the US Sports Podcast. So go check Greg out. We're going to talk about the Cubs. We're going to talk about his inspiration for all the videos he does. And this guy takes it to the next level. He has a dog called Brizzo. He throws snowballs at cars. He has a fire that he calls the curse burner. He has songs for every player. My personal favorite, Kyle, Jimi Hendrix. The passion he brings on the podcast is the same passion he brings on his videos. Gregory, the Cubs Madman Smith, episode 53 of the US Sports Podcast with me, Max Whittle. And just so you can get a little flavor of Greg before we go straight to him, listen to this from one of his video recaps last season in the NLDS when the Cubs went up 2-1 against the Nationals. I think I had 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 heart attacks in that game. I know I'm not alone, Cub fans. Are you with me? Well, let's celebrate big time tonight. I mean, big time tonight. And I got great news and horrible news for Dusty. The great bearded one goes tomorrow. And you know what? I'm feeling massive about it. I think good things are coming for Jake. I think good things are coming for the Cubs and all of us Cub fans. Let's shut down the Nats tomorrow. Till then... Let's go freaking Cubs. Yes. Welcome in, Greg. Welcome in. <laughs> Thank you very much, Max. Uh, just hearing the audio on that, um, I, I'm shaking my head at myself. That's pretty funny. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we have to we have to go all the way back, really, to to introduce you. So you started doing these recaps uh, a couple of years ago, but I think. It'd be interesting to find out, first of all, how you actually got into the Cubs originally. Uh, Originally, um, as a kid, um, the Cubs and baseball really were not a part of my household, but it was a very good friend of mine who just lived a block away. His name was Ted. God bless Ted. He has passed away. He was a wonderful friend of mine. Huge baseball fan, but baseball was very much part of his household, so... When I would go and hang out with him after school and stuff, uh, you know, this is like when I'm seven, eight years old. Um, it just was his dad was a huge baseball fan. So that's what they lived and breathed over there. And it just was contagious to me. And so that's my good friend, Ted, and his father really planted the seed in me. And that's where my baseball madness uh, seed was first planted. And uh, about 10 years old. Those roots dug in deep, and I was in into uh, Cubland for life, which was not so pleasant as uh, <laughs> it, was, 
it's not been a fun ride the whole time, but I uh, love the Cubs. I watched um, a 20-minute video piece you did the other day before opening day, and you talked about the history of the recaps, which started in 2014, and, and how Ted there, who you mentioned, when he passed away, uh, and you actually f- got in touch with Jim Brewer, the comedian who does these Mets fan recaps as well. Um, so was that the inspiration then for for starting the videos? It really was. I, um, You know, my father passed of recent then too, and he used to always tell me, Greg, you know, you should have your own show or, you know, I used to love talk radio so very much, sports talk radio. And uh, so my dad saw, I think, a window into me, and I think I was just always a little bit too shy to really go after something. I would always come up with clever excuses and... Um, my father would roll my eye, roll his eyes at me, which was fun. But, but when my uh, father and, and Ted passed, it really kind of ignited me in my heart to to change and go after the things in my heart. But I, I didn't see the cup recaps thing as really being a part uh, of anything. It wasn't until someone, a, a friend, tagged me to Jim Brewer's uh, Met fan recaps, and I watched him, and it was really instantly that I just saw so much of myself and Jim and his approach that I was so much that way uh, to Ted and my other friends back in the day. I just was a maniac about the Cubs. And um, so I had kind of gotten away from baseball. I, I didn't lose. I've never lost interest in baseball, but I really uh, uh, the steroid era really, really put uh, a poison in me. And I kind of distanced myself for a while from baseball, but it's just part of my DNA, and so when Ted passed, I just I put I just put everything to rest in my mind, and just said I'm getting back into baseball. And uh, so seeing uh, Jim do those, I just uh, it really, really did set an inspiration to me, and that was the spark that uh, got me off my rear uh, my rear end, and uh, I started doing them. Hey, now that Jay Carrier has left, uh, are you going to admit that it's Ooh. not? <laughs> hey the unnamed man uh with the beard now that he's left are you going to admit that it wasn't just pilates um those big shoulders you know you just mentioned steroids there i'm just i'm just putting Uh, two and two together i you know what um i i am you're you're never going to meet a bigger jake fan in your life than myself I've always defended him, the steroid rumors. I don't know. You know what? I talk to a lot of the Cubs Nation, and I think those things are false, but who knows for sure, right? And uh, But as far as his performance with the Cubs was second to none, but it just is, uh, Max, I'll tell you, it was just such a, it crushed my heart. You know what? Uh, I'm going to do a recap at some point about this, but Jake Arietta and the story, and you know now that we have Hugh Darvish. Yep. Okay. Well, obviously you couldn't ask for a better replacement, but what really, really like crushed my heart was just that the Cubs were more than fair in offering Jake very lucrative offers, and he just he just said no. And so, you know what? Uh, I guess the best way that I could. Uh, uh, really put it in a few words is, you know, when you're younger or something, you have that girlfriend like my father. You know, I might be going out with some girl that I'm really, really into, but he just knows she's probably bad news for me. You, you know where I'm coming from? We've all had that, right? <laughs> We've all had that happen to us, and I really honestly feel that's kind of how it was with Jake. Is just He's just kind of, he's such a good, 
no doubt about it. He was he was great for us, but uh, when he wasn't willing to bend back in such lucrative offers, I just kind of looked at him. I was like, well, that girlfriend's gone. She was bad news. Now we got a new chicken town named Hugh, so it's all good. I have to warn you, though, as a Dodger fan, if you've got a Game 7 this year, you don't want Darvish on the mound. I know. You know what? <laughs> Who you do want on the mound is uh, Kyle Hendricks, so we're all good. You have a nickname for, and I'm, what I'm going to do when I share this pod is put up some of your videos so people can actually grasp what we're talking about. And uh, you always have a nickname for everyone, really. You have Kyle <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, you have Jose, right. Jose, Jose for Quintana, which is a quite a soccer uh, theme tune to it. It is. Do you have a nickname for Darvish yet? Uh, Hugh, I'm working on. Hugh made Hugh. That's an ACDC song. Hugh made Hugh. Uh, there's many things, but you know what? Uh, really pure. Uh, this is so funny that I say this, but really when I make my nicknames, it will come out of nowhere when I'm watching a game and I just get so in tune to the players that they just kind of spawn on their own. So Hugh's new, so I don't want to give him a cheap nickname to say I have one yet, but I'm certain it'll come real early this season but i really i don't know if you saw any of his uh preseason stuff but he looks good he looks good um i, I say I, was, I mentioned mlb uk last season you came on board and did some recaps and we'll get to some of the stuff that we actually got to see because the, the cubs had another great run last year to the nlcs but i picked up on some of the stuff you were saying um in pre v- recent videos you said that joe madden is a part-time father to you. Could you explain that a little bit more? Mm, man, I'm glad that you pick up on that. I uh, I really do. My father was just a wonderful person. We uh, we had definitely some some uh, ups and downs in our life, but we always came to a solid truth. And my, my father, really from my mid-20s uh, all the way up until uh, mm, a good a decade, my, I would consider my... My father also my my solid best friend, and he always had such incredible wisdom. Um, I took care of my father the last few years of his life. He was dealing with health issues, and so when he passed, it had been such a long time since I really heard that good, nurturing wisdom. So when Madden comes along, I had liked Madden anyway uh, with the Rays, but we, you know, when you get. Um, a manager, you know, it's that's in your region. You hear them after every press conference. So when I would hear him speak in press conferences, I'm just there's so many things that he has said along the way that remind me of my own father. And so, in a weird way, Joe Madden's kind of nurtured me in a fatherly way. It's odd, but it's true. Do simple better, right? That's his famous one. Yes, do simple better. Those three words, huh, you just. I don't know. You know I am. I know my nickname is the Madman. Uh, <laughs> Be a Madman simpler. Yeah, you know, exactly. But I, <laughs> I have a Madden mind, which, you know, is a good thing because uh, it's it's baseball. I just, I, it's a, it's like a crazy disease that I love so much. But um, but to really kind of harness things, and, and, and you would probably even know this, Max, it's like when you're, doing interviews like this or when you're doing something creative you know it's very exciting um and i know for myself in the past when i would get very excited it was really hard for me to stay focused so Mm. do feel better gems they're like three diamonds to my mind you know what though greg that's what fascinates me about cubs fans specifically is 
when you won the World Series in 2016, you heard all of these stories about people that were either over 100 years of age, they were, they've been following the team for so many, so many decades, they've gone through all that pain. There's such a connection and and other fans that had had relatives pass away before this run, they'd go and spend the time at the cemetery while the game was going on in Game 7 against Cleveland. Can you think about some of the most diehard Cubs fans that you know and, and tell us some stories about them? Ted, I can start directly with my good friend Ted and his father, Lifers. You know, Ted passed away in 14, and it was as, you know, the surge for the rebuild was going. Madden had just been hired um you know um and his dad was a hardcore cub fan so let me start with him i think ted's dad was born in geez i want to say the early 40s so we would hear of all these stories whenever ted and i would watch like the 89 89 the cubs uh oh god the giants i'm still trying to forgive them for what they did (laughs) so but it was painful but his dad would say oh you haven't felt real pain and he would talk to us about 69 so Really, Max, there's been like this solid century of misery, you know, that Cub fans, like you said, you know, generations that just never experienced winning. So um, Ted and I, you know, we ventured out to where we just grew to, we love the Cubs, but we grew to love baseball and just watching winning teams. Doesn't necessarily mean we were hardcore whomever won it that year fan, but we just enjoyed watching playoff baseball and winning baseball. And of course, in the back of our minds, dreamt and prayed someday that the Cubs could put it together and make a run. So those are two examples. But you know what? Um, let me give you another great example. There's a hardware store just down the block of where I live. And it was opened up in 1945. And it's still, you know, I know if you travel across America, you're going to see Home Depots and uh you know, Lowe's in, in big places. But this is a really a mom-and-pop um, hardware store, but they're very good. And there's an old gentleman. I believe he's, he's, he's dang near 90 years old. He's been working there since the day that place opened. He's a huge Cubs fan. I'm going to do a recap of this gentleman, by the way. He's just a wonderful, wonderful story. But, you know, here he is 90, and, you know, and whenever I talk to him, this is even before we won it all, it's like, you know, someone 90 years old who has not experienced a World Series win and is just such a hardcore Cub fan, in my own selfish way, it didn't make me feel so bad about myself because my suffering was only for about, you know, 40 years. So, <laughs> you know, he outdid me. But those are a few examples. And um, so it is, you know, and it used to really fire my t- uh, friend Ted up. It would. Ted would get me laughing. I'd see him get so worked up about how, um, you know, the Cubs organization and some of our old ownership, Max, was just horrible. I mean, they just, we, it just, Ted used to say we were committed to losing, and that's how it was. So to be a Cub fan and have that kind of stuff, it was, uh, you know, I'm seeing it more and more as I connect to more Cub fans that were just a different kind of person, and I think it's in a good way. Now, work with me here, right? So, you never get tired of winning. That's very true. But all those years of struggle, all those years of losses, and you knew there was a point where it would turn, maybe, and you would win. So, did you in some way enjoy the losing because you knew that when you did finally win it, it would be just incredible? You know what? Um, 
a perfect example. Hey, uh, I did watch your Hakeem Elijah wine uh, <laughs> interview. And extraordinary, Max. That really was good. We'll get to that a little bit later. But Thanks. I'm also a basketball fan. Um, it's really one of my talents. I played in youth leagues and stuff. And, uh, you know, of course, the Bulls were just wonderful. Obviously, six rings with Jordan and Pippen. And so back in those days with my friend Ted, uh, you know, Ted was, we both were hardcore baseball fans, but he saw me really getting into the Bulls and and uh, he would just kind of mock the Bulls just because uh, basketball wasn't his thing. But he used to always say, Max, he was like, Greg, I'm telling you, when the Cubs win it all, it will be unlike anything. Now, this is back in the Bulls' heydays, and I used to be like, Ted, come on, this is pretty good. And he was like, I'm telling you, man. Just wait till they do it. Someday it'll happen, and when they do, your life will never be the same. And I used to think, like, oh, God, he's just wishful thinking, or he's just saying it. And that was 20 20 years after Jordan's fourth title, I believe, 96 to 2016. Correct. God, good math there, Max. (laughs) Exactly right, you know, and... So the irony of that story, even in a nutshell, is that the fact that uh, they did win it all. And I do believe, you know, Ted uh, was able to see it up in heaven. But it is unfortunate that he wasn't here to to see it. But his words were spot on, Max. I mean, my life, I cannot even believe it. From 2014 to today, my life has changed in so many ways. And baseball has been such a huge part of that. Okay, so you mentioned Ted a lot. And if if you don't mind... When you won the World Series, did you um, speak to him in a certain way, or did you go and visit his grave, or what? what did you do anything in special? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, um, at, during celebration, I did a recap after, an, and I, and I'll, you'll have to see that the World Series celebration when we were showering in champagne by the curse burner, just being, you know, it was over the top to say the least, and uh, it was a blast. But I had some moments alone through that night that uh, I was very touched by Ted. And, um, you know, I'm a runner, Max. I run every day. Mm. Um, yeah, and so a lot of times when I'm running, there's times that I do. I hear Ted speak to me, and uh, uh, it's touching, man. It's been very touching. And um, But right after, um, right after it happened, I would say within two or three days, I... I called Ted's mother, and uh, her and I had a wonderful conversation. And uh, so it's been very healing for her, too. And I'd like to say that because uh, baseball, it was Ted's passion. It's our passion. So in an odd way, I could hear Ted speak to me, and I continue to. And it's just been very healing since we won it all. I will say that. Well, I'm sure he had a good view of the game. Um, Exactly. You mentioned the curse burner there. So if, as we go into the video specifically, and when I worked at uh, MLB UK, and we, 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 I remember we were sat in a production room and we were looking for fans that would be able to produce content for us. And you were the first person that one of my colleagues found. And it was a video of you in a, in a garden. There was a fire going. And I didn't even hear the video. I just saw it. And I was like, wow, okay, this guy... <laughs> This guy's got something special. Um, so you come, up with, you come up with the curse burner. Um, could you explain that first of all? That is hilarious. You know what, uh, Jim Brewer, that is really one of the things that just just got his attention. And I just, it was so second nature because it's my fire pit in my yard. And uh, 
I don't know. I just, I just saw it, you know, um, 15, 14, and then building into 15, um, I guess it was just like for a backdrop. I used it for the videos, but um, I just started calling it the curse burner uh, just because I, I had had it. I mean, maybe at a later time, and I don't know if you want to talk. I mean, I, I went to the as far as going to Fenway Park in 13 to propose to my now wife, Max, and ask the good Lord to you know lift the Cub curse um, like he had with the Red Sox. Uh, you w- sorry, went- you, so you went to Fenway to do all of that? Go ahead, say that again. You went to Fenway Park to do all of that? I did, and that was, I didn't go to Fenway Park during the year, during a game. I went in the off-season in December. It was cold. I just, it really, I mean, <laughs> that was a wonderful experience, but I still had some, there's times that I shake my head that I still can't believe that I did that, but that's the length that I went. So that was in 13, my friend, uh, and I asked good Lord if he could lift the Cub curse, how he had for Boston. My good friend was named after Ted Williams, by the way. I see. Uh, yes. So, you know, when I got home, I just, I, so much of it, too. Let me let me get this straight. When we hired Theo, I just, I was all in. I mean, I was beyond all in, and I just saw the moves that he made. When he shook that our whole minor league system and gutted it, I knew he was for real. So I just did anything as a super fan I could from going to Fenway to uh, to uh, having a curse burner. I just anything. And you know what? Back in 89, if you would have told me the Cubs were cursed, I would have been like, that's all silly mumbo jumbo. But seeing them melt down time after time after time, I started to believe maybe there was a curse. So whatever I could do, I tried, my friend. I, w- I was going to ask you, did you believe in uh, Curse of the, of the Billy Goat? But you, and you said that it was on and off. So it just kept happening, didn't it? You had Obviously, you had Steve Bartman as well. What, do you remember where you were that day? Yes, the Bartman meltdown is just horrific. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was upstairs. I was watching with uh, my friend in, in his apartment. And uh, Ted was out on the California coast at that time. We were communicating, you know, via phone. But I just, it just... That is just horrible. I I can, and especially now that we've won it all, it makes it easier to watch it. But um, it's just something did happen. And you know what? I don't know if you caught it in the, the video, but Jim Brewer got the biggest kick out of it. But when the Mets had Daniel Murphy in 15, mm. I'm you, and I called it the ghost <laughs> of Daniel Murphy. Yeah. That guy was just, he just killed us. And I... I 2015, Max, I said, here we go again. I guess uh, Fenway wasn't enough. I guess the curse burner wasn't enough. And we, I couldn't, I still can't believe we got swept by the Mets that year. And that's, that's still my favorite video, I think, apart from the one I just played at the start. Um, the Daniel Murphy, when, when you took them down, uh, it was one of the games in the NLDS last year. And you basically constructed this ghost hanging from a tree, and you had the zombie zone, and Daniel Murphy was going to the zombie zone. Exactly. And <laughs> That's creative. Uh, I didn't even, you know what, as a runner, I spotted this on my running route down in Texas. So it was Halloween time, and they had this. And so while I was running, I would just start to review in my head, kind of play a script, and uh, and then I went a little bit later and shot it and, uh, and nailed it. And that goes to Daniel Murphy... Uh, it was so satisfying, and it's such a silly video. I mean, it's just 
whoever hasn't seen it, you'll have to check it out because uh, let's just say no green board was used on this video. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. What What's your favorite um, video? Because you had the... You, I think I don't know if okay. That that's a better question. There was one video where you were running down the street, and you oh you said you were streaking. Now, were you officially naked, or did you have underwear on? You know what? That, my friend, will always be a Chicago Cubs secret that I <laughs> reveal. So you'd be arrested by now. Ah, uh, you know what? <laughs> Cops said, "Look, looking good, kid. Let me go." <laughs> So that will remain a secret, but of all, you know what, Max? Um, to be honest, and I've told this to to some Cub fans, a lot of my videos I will never go back and watch just because I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I did that. Or a lot, it's not even so much that for me. It's I I really am hard on myself when I watch myself, and so it so a lot of times it makes me uncomfortable. So. So, like, when I hear myself, like, what you're playing today, you know, I have not, watched, like, reviewed a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of my videos. So, to hear them back is kind of silly and funny to me. I, I feel you. I, I mean, uh, working in this industry, I have to watch videos back and audio back, and it always cringes me out just to see it. Um, but you have to you have to do it because you have to improve, right? Um, it does. It's so true. And I force myself to watch some of them because um, I have, trust me when I say this, I have plenty of people who enjoy critiquing me, and that's fine. <laughs> I can take it all day long. Little do they know, I am my worst critic and also my best, you know. So it's like, like when I watch my old stuff, I'm very, very critical on what's working, what's not, if you feel me. I do, I do. And, and it's also fascinating that along with the running and along with your salsa company, Culturally Confused, which we haven't mentioned yet, and the recaps, it all seems like you're doing it not just because you enjoy it, but it helps you not get through a day, but it helps the day be better. Does that, is that, is that fair? That's beyond fair. You hit it right on the head. I, uh, this is funny, Max. So, you know, it really was. It was a one, two, three blow. I lost two of my closest friends, Ted being one of them, and then my father all in under a five-year span. And I'm telling you, Max, these are three people that were, like, I'm a very social person. I have many friends and acquaintances, but these were solids. Like, you just, you can't get these solids. You can't just go out and get a solid friend. And to lose three in that succession, I mean, they were, I will say to my grave, they were three of my most solids ever. People that I could go to, trust, and say anything and everything, and they would get it. And I was white, you know, of those three in under five years. So it really put a, played a number on me. But I thank the good Lord for my running because it helps me definitely keep sane. And um, so, you know what? Um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think one thing led to another. And I just, I just really got committed to where I eliminated the things that I didn't like about myself and life and things that were snagging me up. And I just started to really pursue my passions and it's really kind of funny. Sometimes I feel like I'm the rain man, but here's how simple Greg's life is now. I have five things every day I concentrate. I love the good Lord. I spend a little time in prayer with uh, with him. Uh, of course, my marriage is second on the list. I love my wife, Morella, so very much. She is a wonderful, fantastic person, a wonderful um, a wonderful wife, but just a fantastic friend. So those are my one-two. 
And then three is my salsa company. Her and I uh, started that back in 13, and uh, we put uh, effort in each and every day to that, and it's starting to grow and blossom. And then four is my Chicago Cubs. Love them so much. I put effort into that every single day as number five, my running as I said earlier, keeps me sane. So those five things I do every day. And the weird thing is, Max, I'm, I do them effortlessly kind of now, but it fills my day abundantly. Like I can't keep up with all five things barely, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we should point out as well that as we speak, the Cubs are 1-0 and it was Ian Happ who hit the first pitch of the 2018 season for a home run against... The will be woeful Miami Marlins because they've got rid of everyone. Um, game day, it's it's game day every day in baseball, which is why everyone loves it. Um, what's your routine for the, for game day? Uh, game day for me, you know what? That uh, one thing I love about baseball, and I don't know, are you guys over in the UK? Are you able to? Well, I suppose you can. You can probably get everything online now. We but... watch. Uh, we have MLB TV, so you subscribe and you can watch every game. I gotcha. Um, well, that's great. MLB TV is a wonderful uh, resource. Do you are you able to get any games by chance on the radio? No, we we actually have a channel here called BT Sport, and you can watch uh, NBA and MLB on there. So they have maybe seven or eight baseball games a week. So that's on national television, but the audience for that is not that great. Um, whereas MLB TV, obviously, you can listen to the radio as well, and um, I'm a Dodger fan, so obviously Vince Scully and there's there's been great voices down the years, but I think people tend to, I th- well, let's put it this way: if you're a cricket fan here, you love listening to the radio, and I, I guess that's what you're referring to is that baseball commentary is just so much better than watching on TV. You know, okay, so what about soccer? So cricket, soccer, those those you can get on the radio over there, right? Yeah, you can. Gotcha. Okay, well. You know what? Uh, and I don't know. I have plenty of friends that are into soccer. I don't hate soccer. It's just baseball is my heart. And uh, but soccer, I think, I think out of all the sports, and maybe I'm wrong about soccer because I don't know enough. So I'll just admit my ignorance right out of the gate here, so someone doesn't crucify me later after they hear this. So <laughs> that being said, um, baseball is almost created for the radio, Max. It's a it's it's a great. It is a great play-by-play sport, so it's something that uh, I know you're a baseball fan, and I will, however I can find out. If I can find a way to uh, the Chicago Cubs announcers, uh, Pat Hughes and uh, Ron Coomer, I think those are the radio guys. They do a really good job, man, and I think you would enjoy it. So maybe, uh... yeah, Vince Gulley, you used to listen to Vince? I love Vince. He was He's always the best storyteller, and I, I, th- I find it fascinating how they do it over that amount of time because it's not just three hours it's 162 games and but Vin had this incredible art of silence was okay you know he would bring in the natural sound I love that about him and that is so awesome that you pick up on that because that's what I think made him so wonderful as he did. He he would let he would let a lot of dead space go and just let the game speak for itself and and of course he was such a wonderful storyteller. He is it's, it's funny you mentioned. I mean, Ben is really one of my like inspirations uh uh for for me trying to blossom and and doing what I'm doing with uh with my recaps, of course, you know. I think I'm a little 
I'm probably like a level 10 Vin, you know, I think I'm a little bit more uh, spastic than Vin. <laughs> so, but you know what? Everyone has their place. And, and I, I heard some old stuff with Vin. And I don't know if you've ever seen early footage with him, but he just felt so blessed that he could even be a part of baseball somehow, some way. And uh, in a weird, odd way, these recaps, I almost feel like um, it's kind of offering me that same window of opportunities. So I just feel very blessed and Ben's been an inspiration. So radio is a big part of it. Do you have any um, OCD or any kind of good luck charms for before a game that you, you can take us into your routine a bit more? entire life um no um yeah i get you know what i do i sometimes i'll listen to it on the radio or i'll put it on the tv but either way it's on in my living room uh and i will i am a pacer i mean i even when i do my recaps i, I have to get up and move around uh, i'm surprised where we've been i've been sitting down here for a half hour which is <laughs> it's a miracle for me uh max i'm I'm always on my feet. I don't know. I just the way I guess God made me. But I can't imagine what you were like during the rain delay of Game Seven of oh. sixteen. Tell tell me what that was like for you. Jeez, that was unbelievable. My wife. Okay, God bless her. Like I said, she's a fantastic person, but just a great friend. Uh, you know, she's not so much into baseball, but she respects my passion for it. She's more of a football person, and and uh, that's cool. But she has, and, and, the, and the Cubs have grown on her. But she just did. You know, she's 162 games. She's like, you know, she's seeing me get worked up, you know, at game 10 and game 20 of the season. And she just can't even believe it, you know. Uh, so in game seven, you know, my wife, uh, she would be back in, in our bedroom, and she had her iPad, and she was tuned into the game. And early in the game, she's trying to play it off like she's not too into it. And, uh, you know, as the game moves on, she's coming back. She's pacing back and forth, and she looks at me. And I don't know. I thought it was a little bit later in the game. I know it was past the fifth inning. She looks at me, and she's like, Greg, I just don't know how you can take this. And I was like, I just looked at her and smiled, and I said, that is why I love baseball, is that, that adrenaline. So later in that game, Max, I mean, it just grinded out. When Davis hit that home run to tie it up, hmm. Oh, my God. I mean, I just hit. There it was. There we go again. Here we go. We're going to. I knew it. I was like, this is going to happen again. Like, we are going to blow it. And, you know, people were saying, even when we were three run down, like, oh, it's okay. You know, we got to the World Series. So, we, we you know, let's be happy with that. No, we cannot be happy with it. We got to, like, end this. And, boy, I could have been a preacher that night because I know the curse was real. And it was cooking. I mean, <laughs> when, God, when Davis hit that home run so a meltdown I am freaked out already beyond imagination because of that I mean my hands are sweating I'm clammy I'm pacing around I am a wreck trying not to curse trying to be civil in my household and I pulled it off believe it or not uh, when, when that rain delay happened I just did I went outside and I walked to my backyard and I am not kidding Max I just <laughs> I got mad. I did. I got mad at God. I was mad. And I, <laughs> I did. And then I cried. And uh, I cried a little bit. And I just walked back in. And I just, I was like, I gotta, I gotta be strong, you know, for my wife. I gotta be strong for my friend. We're watching the game. So I came in and acted like, well, you know what? We're going to be fine. 
and the crazy thing is, is that rain was continuing and then it died down. But before it died down, I said, you know what, guys, maybe, maybe just maybe that rain is like a godsend. Maybe something good comes about. And it did, Max. It was the greatest. I just, do you, uh, huh? I was going to say, do you believe um, that Jason Hayward's talk to the team had a, had an impact like they said it did? I do, and you know what? I love Hayward. Come on. Max, could you get his bat back, please? He's struggling. I've got it at home here. I've got his bat here. Ship it. You know what? I'll pay for shipping. Let's get it to Jason Hayward, and and let's get his bat so we can get back to uh, batting 270, 280. Is it worth all of that money because of what he did in the World Series? You know what? Everyone does lean on him, and God bless it. I know the speech was, but I will say this. I think that pause, more than anything, Max, was the real reason why we were able... You know what? If that rain delay doesn't happen, Indians have the momentum. That game's over. They would close us out. But that pause, it's not even so much that we had to regroup. It just gave, like, we we said dead space with Vince Scully. Sometimes, like, that, that is just deafening. And that silence just... It's like a phone that got rebooted and... Uh, when we came back and uh, and scored those two runs, it was just absolutely insane. Who's the most important Cub this season? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I've, to be honest, I you know what? And this goes against, I love anyone who knows me. I love Theo Epstein a thousand times over. The only one thing that he and I, I think would disagree on is the importance of a leadoff hitter. And I really love, and I'll say it, look what happened to Hap on uh, the first pitch of Major League Baseball. It is important and vital. So I'm going to go with Ian Happ, and I think a lot of Cub fans may look at me a little bit deranged. But um, Ricky Henderson is my all-time uh, favorite baseball player, and it's not because of his flamboyancy and and maybe cockiness that guy was a complete gamer and he could set the tone of any game and i think ian Happ could be a light version of ricky anderson and i'm anxious so i'm just looking through the list that i made of some of the videos i watched today and these are all these are all facts and everyone should go back and watch some of them so you brought us your uh, dog, your little pup, uh, Brizzo. So you've named him after Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. Uh, you had Scottish bagpipes playing when Giancarlo Stanton signed for the Yankees. And you said it was the end of the, the Red Sox and the Cubs. Um, you threw a snowball at a car on Valentine's Day. We already mentioned Daniel Murphy's ghost. Uh, you've been running down the street. You've got the fire going. You're singing. Uh, you also had a, um, there was a construction guy on the side of the road who was crushing trees and you said, that's oh what God. we're going to do to the Nats. So all of this stuff I saw. Mag- what did I say there, Max? The construction, I totally forgot about that. What did I say? There's a guy uh, basically blending a tree and you're saying that that's what the Cubs are going to do to the Nats. And that was <laughs> before, before the NLDS. <laughs> um, and you had a magic wand at one point as well. So. Where do you? What's the next kind of prop that you're going to bring out? Can you tell us? I can't. Um, my God, let me. I I totally forgot I did that with that. Oh God, that poor guy. You know, I still wondered what that poor guy probably thought. You just put uh, it. You just put the camera in his face, or whoever it is. Just just roll with it. I, I did, and 
you know what? That's where, and I think that's kind of the fun thing with uh, the Cub recaps is a lot of, you know, all of my stuff, you know, I mean, some things I do review in my head, but everything is unscripted. So it really is off the cuff. And I think a lot of good humorous stuff comes, comes about that way. But working into 2018 uh, season, what was the direct question you were asking? What, what, what new thing? Do you have any th- new themes or any props you're going to bring out? Definitely going to re-continue uh, continue on with the uh, curse burner. Um, and people did. You know what? In 17, people were wanting to, you know, change a name to the repeater heater. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we had different names. But the curse burner, I just think, you know, it's got to just remain that name. I'll stick with that. And uh, I, have I, a, do... I have a request. Oh, yeah. What about a Harry Potter themed recap? Oh, you're gonna get me. Uh, Can we make the magic happen? A Harry Potter. You know what? My wife will embrace that. You know what? I can promise you. You big Harry Potter fan? A massive, yeah. Okay, Harry. Wait, you want a Harry Potter themed? I'm writing it down. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know how you're gonna do that, but Harry um, po- Potter themed, like for the, around the curse burner. Yeah, we can. I mean, it, the next the next piece of magic we see, which could be tonight. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, give me a few days, and I'll work <laughs> some magic on this because I don't know a ton about Harry Potter, but my wife does, so she can help me with it. Okay, so you were saying you might there were some other things you might bring up this year. Yes, there will. Um, you know, one thing that I don't know if you've seen any of the videos, and that's one of the things I wanted to try to find is wait. You did see the one of me running streaking. Yes. That, that is ridiculous. I've I've also done. Um, I did a couple recaps. I think I've done one each season uh, or two. But I actually do the recap while I'm running, where my everything is sustained. It's like after I've run a couple miles and I'm well into the run, then I've hit record. I think I'm going to do um, a handful or a couple handfuls of those because those are really um, it's a different perspective. And I intentionally did that because I was always like. Whoever has, like, you know, really tried to record stuff about baseball while they're running. And when the answer came to no one, then I said, I must do it. So, but they, <laughs> yes. So, but those, so look for some of those. I think I, uh, I'm i going to do a handful of recaps while I'm running. And, of course, Wrigley Field, I'll be up there left and right. It's always wonderful to do the recaps live from the place. And How often do you go to Wrigley uh, you know what? I made it a mission to get up to get to a game or get to Wrigley ten Cub games a year. After Ted passed, that's what my goal has been, and I've been able to reach it. I think I even got to. I think I went to. Uh, I go to Miller Park too. That's an easy. Well, it's not going to be such an easy ticket this year, but Miller Miller Park, where the Brewers play, um, is an easy ticket. So last year, I think I hit thirteen games. So my goal is ten. Try to get to ten. You guys, God bless you, man. MLB UK sent me to my first um, playoff game. Yeah, last season, right? That's. I'm sorry we uh, we got you on a loss there, but it's okay. I, it was a massacre. Let's be right with that. It was eleven to one, but you know what? Um, I still have footage, Max, that I shot that night that I still need to release. I, I took a couple, a few short videos. It was like in the sixth inning. I saw a bunch of Cub fans exiting, and I recorded it. Mm. Uh. I kind of called him out. I wasn't rude about it, but... I... <laughs> don't leave early on your watch. Don't, ever. 
I mean, an NLCS, are you kidding me? You like, ne- I mean, I, I learned a long time ago because um, growing up, we watch a lot of soccer here and me and my dad go a lot, and uh, especially when I was younger, and he would always want to leave five minutes before the end because he'd park, his, he'd park his car by the stadium and it would be impossible to get out if you left after the game. So we would miss so many goals just because we'd run out early, and that's why now I never leave before the end. Yeah, you know what? And, and as a kid, like that's adult thinking. We got to leave early, we're going to be trapped, and we're going to get home. It's the same thing <laughs> at the ballpark, Max. It's the same thing. But that's where all the drama goes down in the game, especially as, as what I know, you know, in soccer. It's the same thing with baseball. It's the ninth inning or it's the last five minutes in soccer, and you're telling me I got to go? Like, ugh, as a kid, that's such a bummer. Yeah. Well, it's it's that time of year, man. I'm excited. I, I, I make a work trip to the States every April, and I'm, I'm, at, I'm at City Field next week, um, Fenway a couple of times. I'm, I'm going to... I'm taking in my first Phillies game and maybe Nationals as well, but I was actually planning about half a year ago to fly to Chicago as well, but that's not going to happen now and I'm 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 su- I'm gutted because it could be cu- it could be fun to do a little road trip to Wrigley and uh, Miller Park with you. I'll tell you what, man, if if you can make it our our home is yours, my friend. You would have a room here, so <laughs> thank you. Could... We need yeah, to make it happen. We do, and you know what? If you're going to City Park, I will. I will try to reach to Jim Brewer. Uh, he was fascinated with the fact that I was doing work with you guys. So, if maybe the two of you, if he's in town or whatever, can bump into each other, that would be great too. That would be awesome. Absolutely. I think. Yeah. I think it would only be right if we gave you the floor now, um, off the, off the cuff, and the Cubs are one and zero, and and people might listen to this in a week or two, so it doesn't have to be specifically about game two but if you want to look ahead to the season and give us your uh your cubs madman recap for today i'm happy to give you the floor uh do you what do you want a prediction for the season or what, what do you want yeah let's go for 2018 prediction 2018 prediction from the cubs madman i am going to go with 100 solid wins 62 losses uh, and I see us meeting up. Yes, we are going to make the World Series. Who we play in the playoffs, I'm not concerned. I would love to uh, meet up with the Mets one more time and take them down for what they did to us in 15. And, of course, I'd like to take down the Dodgers. I'm sorry, Max, but <laughs> to, to get back to the promised land. But I think it will be the Cubs. And then in the American League, I can honestly – say it's going to be a toss-up between the Astros, but you know what? It's going to be the Yankees, and they'll make moves. I think the Astros are a stronger team now, but after All-Star break, uh, Yankees make the right moves. Cubs-Yankees, Cubs take the Yanks down in six games, and you know what? Yankee fans are going to have to hide from the Cub madman all winter long because I will never shut up. (laughs) You've heard it here first. I think before 2016, Cubs-Yankees would have been the biggest draw, but now I think Dodgers-Yankees. Dodgers have got that that loss last year. They haven't won since 88, so I, I think that would be an amazing series as well. Um, hey, hey what, let me ask you this, Max, real quick. Yeah. You're a Dodger fan, so it's no one's really talking about it, but I know, I know... You like you really as a Dodger fan, I would have probably been pushing him out the door. But in the end, he, he was really good for you guys for the most part, wasn't he? 
He was good until the playoffs, and that was the concern. Well, actually, no, he was good in the postseason. He was bad in the World Series, but we knew. This in the postseason, but that's. But he, that, didn't you guys get him right after All Star break? Yeah, and it felt a little bit like when Houston got Justin Verlander, their season <laughs> turned, and we felt like with with Kershaw, with Rich Hill, with Alex Wood, we 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 needed that fourth guy with Rio out. So, in that in my mind, we were then the World Series favorites, but the Astros just had too much on offense. That was that was what it came down to. It is what it came down to. So here's what you know, even. I'm not hearing anyone talk about this. So Hugh is, like, important, and no doubt about it. That was a vital move. And then Morrow, like, that dude was nails for you guys. Yeah, and, he was. You know, that bullpen was the best, I think, in the league last year. Morrow is just lights out. So guess where those two dudes went, my friend? <laughs> okay. Okay, and, so now we pass the torch again. <laughs> so, and I, I, I think that's the reason why. And I would say yes, and, and a lot of people are still saying the Dodgers are a hands-on favorite, but... They haven't replaced you, and I got maybe you guys don't need to. But what I don't, do you think? I don't like the rotation because you're gonna have uh-huh. you're gonna have to make a move mid season like we did last year because Rich Hill is had a good year last year, but I feel like that was one in a one in a million, and he's getting on a little bit. Kershaw's great, but if you look down that rotation, Rio's gonna pick up an injury again. Alex Wood was another one and done. I think we're gonna need another pitcher, and uh, hey, Justin Turner's hurt now, so. And, and I don't, you know what I really don't like? I really am not comfortable with the whole Matt Kemp thing. What is up with that? I just, I can't I just don't, what I don't like him. I just don't like, is there a guy in the Cubs that's like that? I just don't like him. Oh, dude, we used to get kind of that, that kind of behavior back in the day, but not in the Theo days. We don't know. We we do. Like, I don't, I cannot believe, can't, I thought that was a joke that he was back with the Dodgers. It's one of those stories where you bring in, him into camp and then, the guys say, oh, well, he's lost 30 pounds, he's in the best shape of his life, and then he's made the team. That's what it is. I, you know what? And he's had such a, I don't know, I, I, I don't get that at all. So, you know what? Good luck with that. Cause, uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm picking the Astros again. I, the Yankees and the Astros, for me, they're just a cut above the rest. They are. Stanton's on. Stanton's on for what is it? Three hundred and whatever it is. One hundred and sixty-two times two. Whatever that number is. It really, you know what they're calling them, the Bash Brothers again. And you know what, Judge and Stanton, it's just it's going to be lethal. But my thing is, and my friend Ted, we both always. I'm the biggest, biggest believer. You know what? You can have those big bats, but stuff gets real in the playoffs, and pitching wins. And, you know, good pitching. And, and the Yankees aren't stacked. They don't have... I mean, Sabathia isn't going to have the year he had last year. I really don't think he will. No. And, Tanaka's and who, got one elbow. Yeah, right. It's like they don't have much of a staff. And I don't know. But see, they do have... Uh, I just saw a special. They do have a lot of minor league talent. So they can trade away for arms, which I think they will do through this year. But I still can't believe to this day that they fired uh, Girardi. Um, no. God. I, I, but I, I, Aaron Boone strikes me as someone who's going to do well. I just, it just feels right. Girardi right. was there a long time, and maybe he just, maybe the same voice over that that longer period, and they wanted to chop it up. But yeah, that's the expectation because they were not supposed to get to the ALCS, and they went, they they went real far in that series as well. Yeah, didn't they? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, there were that went seven games, didn't it? I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah. 
think it did. I think, yeah, I think they took it to seven. And hey, uh, have you, are you still going to do stuff at all with Joe, Joe Z? I hope so. Um, I don't know. I don't know what, what his whereabouts at the moment, but I know. I know he's going to be doing his videos like you. Yes, you know he's. Uh, we connected in the off season too. So again, MLB UK. I do thank you uh, uh, for the opportunity because that was such a good connection that I've stayed in connection with him in the off season, and he really does do some neat stuff. But um, but. Does, the- he- Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, you need to give us the classic, the, the three words that you end every video with. You need to give us them on the podcast. Are we ready? Are we ready to close it out? We're, we're ready to roll. All right. MLB UK, this is a Cubs madman, and I'm telling you what, if you're shopping for a team in 18, get on board, because you know what? It's going to be 100 wins and World Series rings. So MLB UK... Join me, say it, and say it loud. Let's go Cubs! Thank you once again to Greg. And after the recording, we actually spent another 20 minutes on the phone just talking baseball and just talking life. It's fascinating to know the man, and you need to get to know the man. Just go and watch his videos. You can go to MLB UK on Facebook and see some of the videos he did for the site during the 2017 playoffs. His Facebook page, Gregory Smith. Embrace the recap, everyone, and please embrace the podcast, the US Sports Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and blogtalkradio.com. Please leave a review if you can and subscribe to the podcast. Coming up, I have Liam Carroll, head coach of the Team GB baseball squad, as we really kick in to the baseball guests now. And I'm off to New York next week and Boston too. Washington, Philadelphia, it's a real true East Coast trip. So there will be plenty of big names coming up on this podcast. Until then, I'm going to leave you with some of the best bits from the Cubs madman. Inspired by Greg Smith, let's go podcasts. Cubs fans, as promised, I am streaking. Oh my God, Cubs fans, can you believe that game? I thought we were dead in the water. We were getting no hit and no can do. Cubs, this is great. I am in the Texas heat, streaking like no other. Got the curse burner glowing. This is the first of 162, so the marathon has begun. Cub fans, I don't know, I barely even slept a wink last night. I seriously felt like a kid who was 10 years old on Christmas Eve. I was tossing and turning, tossing and turning. The game came on. Ian Happ went Merry Christmas to all of us Cub fans. So let's celebrate large and tall tonight. My man, Jose, 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 Jose. Shut down the Nats. And the two-eyed man, Max, didn't have enough. I was kind of giving up hope on Zobie. But I gotta go hunt a black crow tonight and eat that sucker. I can't wait to dig in. That's Elmora. Knocks him in. Let's go.